Christ is risen. Christ is risen. Christ is risen. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our Lord Jesus Christ says to us from the Gospel reading in St. John in chapter 16. He says, But now I go away to him who sent me, and none of you asks me, Where are you going? But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. <clears throat> Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the Helper will not come to you. When our Lord shared with His disciples that He was going to be returning to the Father, as you might imagine, these men that were still, they were rejoicing in being in the presence of their Master, of God, of Jesus Christ, the Messiah that had come. And when He tells them this, you have to imagine their grief. What do you mean you're leaving? How do we deal with this? And our Lord responds to them, I know you're sad. You haven't asked me anything, but I know you're sad. But it's to your advantage that I go away. And that word advantage is a very powerful word that he's using. Because it means it is going to be the most helpful thing to you that I go to my Father. It is going to be the most profitable thing to you that I return. It is going to be the greatest good for you if I leave and return to my Father. Now in their minds... Just like I would imagine it would have been in my mind. How? How can it be possibly the best thing for me that you are no longer right here present with me? Because when you're with us, Lord, our hearts are burning. When you're with us, Lord, we have joy. When you are with us, Lord, the impossible becomes possible because of your presence with us. How is it going to be better when you leave? How's it going to be for our greatest good? Well, first of all, notice this. When Jesus said that he was returning to the Father, the Lord never mentioned the words to them that when I depart in the physical sense and return to my Father, that I won't be with you. He never says that. In fact, we know the exact opposite is true because at the ascension, what would our Lord tell them and promise them Lo, I am, not I will be, Lord, I, lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. And Jesus would answer all of their concerns when Pentecost would occur. When they would then fully understand his next words, trying to bring cheer to them in their grief. When he said, if I do not go away, the helper, the paraclete, will not come to you. The helper being, the third person of the Holy Trinity, God, the Holy Spirit, this word, the word helper, paraclete, that word is like a prism that has many meanings. You shine a light through it, one object, but through it comes many different meanings. The paraclete is one who comes alongside, to walk alongside someone in and through this life to be an absolute companion and to be a guide in this life. The paraclete is also a helper in the most desperate times of need. The paraclete is the one who succors us, 
who brings us consolation, who brings us comfort, who is a rock of strength when we need it the most in the most troubling times. And the paraclete also is the one who intercedes for us and helps us to intercede before God when we do not know how to pray. To intercede for us and to help us intercede in our time of need or in the time of need on behalf of others. See, this is the paraclete. This is who would come. And all of this and more is what Christ is communicating to his disciples that they will not have unless he returns to the Father. But if he leaves, they'll gain it all. They'll gain it all. These comforting words our Lord speaks to them and the reality of his going away, so to speak, to help them in their grief. And Jesus then goes on in our gospel reading to give them more about what the paraclete will do in and for them. And one of the things he says, when he has come, God, the Holy Spirit, when he's come, he will convict the world of sin. Now we hear those words, convict of sin. And I know sometimes that rings a little negatively in our ears. He's going to convict me of my sin. My friends, this is the most beautiful grace. This is one of the greatest gifts of God that he could give us to show us our fallenness, to reveal to us our sins, expose the way that we're damaged, that we're dysfunctional, that we're fallen. These things are exposed for one reason and one reason only, so that not only can we see them with Christ's light, but we can see them with his, with his thoughts upon our fallenness and our sin. He shares with us what our fallenness is coming from, what our fallenness and our sin is doing to our souls that is so damaging. And he shows us all of these things, this convicting of sin. He shows us all of those things so that with our mind now being his mind, we can come into agreement over this very fallenness. And over this sin, and when we come into agreement, one of the things we come into agreement with is this. It doesn't need to be in my life anymore. I can't live like this anymore. And But by your grace, Lord, I will continue in it. Give me mercy. Heal me. And that's when the healing begins. When we come into agreement with God over our fallenness and ask just like a leper or a lame or the deaf, and ask to be released from that which is going on within our soul. A grace that he's more, have, more than happy to do in healing us. You know, we call that in the church, everything I just told you. Blessed repentance unto salvation. And that's the work of the helper, the paraclete. That would come right here into our souls. The church fathers speak further of the great benefit of the paraclete that Jesus is talking about who would come when Christ would return to the Father. St. Theodore of Mopsuestia, a bishop in the late 4th century, he taught this. This indeed is the order of things, so that when I am in glory, but you are still anticipating participation in that glory, you may receive the grace of the Spirit. Therefore, if I go, you will also necessarily receive through the Spirit the gift and the participation in the gifts that I enjoy. But if I do not enjoy them first, you cannot expect them either. And since he, by leaving them, shows that he will invite them to receive those gifts 
he proves in many ways that the gift of the grace of the Spirit is great. And this is only right because the Spirit provides all the gifts given to the people. If Christ did not return, we would not enjoy Christ sharing the gifts that he enjoys with us. What are these gifts? They are the manifestation on earth of the Christ who is enthroned in heaven upon this earth. And his continuing ministry here to us and through us for our salvation and the salvation of many. We get a glimpse of that in our epistle reading from the, from the uh, excuse me, the Acts. Can't remember the chapter, forgive me, but where Peter and John, after Pentecost, are going through Jerusalem and a lame man comes to them. And he asks them for silver, for gold, for something to help. And Peter says, silver and gold have I none. But what I have I give unto you, rise, be healed. Does that not sound like the voice, the intonation of our Lord Jesus Christ all of his days? What did you just see in Acts? You just saw the gifts that Christ enjoys being shared with his disciples, with his apostles, for the healing of a human person. And unless the Holy Spirit comes, unless the Lord leads and sends the paraclete, we as the body of Christ could not enjoy the joy of his ministry through us to one another and to this world. St. Bede says this. Please listen carefully to his words. I found them most, most meaningful and I'm still churning over them. St. Bede taught, it is evident and there's no need of a lengthy explanation why he calls this spirit the paraclete. That is the consoler. The Spirit's coming consoled and refreshed the hearts of the disciples when Christ's departure had caused them to be sad. But also, listen to this, when the Spirit inspires a hope of pardon and heavenly mercy in any individual believers who are saddened by their committing of sins or are laboring under the ordinary afflictions of this life, he unquestionably relieves them of the anguish of their sorrow by enlightening their minds. I find this most shocking in the greatest and most marvelous way. I don't know if you heard clearly what he's saying. He's saying when we sin, when we are at the depths of our fallenness, not only does Christ reveal and convict of sin, but at the same time, the Holy Spirit speaks and proclaims the truth over us that even in the darkest of those moments, even in the darkest of those moments, no light effects needed. <laughs> even in the darkest of those moments of our fallenness, He is proclaiming that mercy is standing at your doorstep. If you'll only turn to Him. You don't deserve that. I don't deserve that. In my lowest and most fallen moments, he's not only shining his light on my sin, but letting me know mercy is close by turn. St. Pete also says he consoles us during the afflictions and sufferings of this life. How wondrous is the gift of God, the Holy Spirit, because Christ returned to the Father. You see, as long as Christ was on the earth, only the few that he happened to be around at any given time in this world would enjoy the benefits that those disciples were enjoying. 
But let him return to the Father and send the Holy Spirit. Now both those disciples and all who would receive him all over this world from generation to generation to the end of this very age could now receive them. All of us are continual if we are moving in a fellowship and relationship with Christ. All of us are recipients of everything we're talking about today. And we can receive these things every day. Let me offer you just a testimony from my own life. I was a recipient of these things in a pretty profound way at one point this week, showing to me why it was better that Christ returned to the Father. St. Pete said that the Holy Spirit consoles in times of afflictions and sufferings. Monday morning, all of you know, uh, Curry Debbie had surgery. Monday and Tuesday, I will just say it as it was, uh, they were brutal. Um, she was very sick from the anesthesia. She was taking all the medication possible that she could take. And for those two days, I was watching all of this and watching suffering. And the worst part about it is there was not one thing that I could do about it. And any spouse that goes through suffering with another spouse or a loved one, the worst feeling in the world is helplessness when the one you love is, is suffering. And that second night, Tuesday night, I think we were up three or four times. Um, and she had some needs throughout that evening, so we were both sleep deprived on Friday. And somewhere early afternoon, uh, she went to rest a little bit, felt like she could. And so I rushed to another bed to rest and try to get a few, uh, get the cobwebs out a little bit. And as I laid in bed, it was raining outside, which was a beautiful sound. And with about five to ten minutes before I fell asleep, I was really, I was really asking help from the Lord, for my bride and for myself. I was, I was kind of getting to the end in a lot of ways. Um, and I will tell you this: that He, in His mercy and in His love for us, um, He gave me such a tangible sense. Of his presence with me. That in five to ten minutes. You remember we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. When Christ speaks peace. That peace is the tranquility of his presence with us. And I experienced that in five to ten minutes. In such a beautiful and profound way. It was only five or ten minutes. But that was more than enough. To give me everything that I needed. To now rest. And press on for the rest of the week. And the rest of the week. Thank God was a glorious healing work of Christ. In the life of my bride. But how desperately I needed that. In feelings of suffering and affliction. And this is why it is better. That Christ went to the Father. So that by the sending of the Holy Spirit. He could come alongside us. And be with us always. Giving us strength. Five to ten minutes lasted five days. Just one touch of the presence of Christ. It's amazing what it does for our stability our strengthening and our perseverance because of who he is and his graciousness and love for mankind. Jesus said, it is most profitable and the best thing for you that I return to the Father. In our hearts, we need to live out this. Thank you, Lord, for returning to the Father. Christ is risen. Indeed, Christ is risen. Indeed, Christ is risen. Indeed, Christ is risen. Indeed, Christ is risen.